Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOpen.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so delighted you're here with us today. We have a very special guest with us today. Today we have Miss Taylor Brooks here. She is, she also goes by Taylor the Lion Queen. She is a shadow earthkeeper shaman and I had the honor of having a session with her several weeks ago when I went to a local fair and she was amazing. So I asked her to be on my show to talk about what she does and how she's helping people to heal. So I'm very excited about our episode today and I wanna thank you so much Taylor for being here with us. Thank you. It's so awesome to have you because I love whenever I have people on that I've had services with because then I'm able to say this person's legit. She's the real deal because I've actually had a session with her. So I knew I wanted to have you on. Um, but before we talk about that, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you first know that you had gifts and when did you actually start learning how to use those gifts to help people? Yeah, so I actually started recognizing my gifts at a very young age. So really babyhood was when my parents started to notice I was a little different. I was diagnosed initially with autism, um, which just meant that they didn't know what was wrong with me. And what was happening was I my main gift is called in the science field synesthesia. And so what I do is I misinterpret two or more of my senses with the other. And mine happens to be that I hear sounds as colors and I see them visually when I hear them. And so that doesn't mean that I'm technically deaf, but my vision is cluttered with the sounds, the colors that I hear normally. And from what I've worked with, I started working with a upper level medium when I was about 10. Uh, My mom had been paying attention and got me in with her. And she mentored me to the point of being able to ignore the excess noise because it caused me a lot of issues growing up, a lot of like deficits and educational disorders and things like that. Um, And she trained me to be able to kind of what she views as see through the veil. And so I had been being able to see dead but she really helped me move through those abilities. So I can see people's colors and that counts as voices. If you speak, I can tell what tone you're coming at. Like for instance, if you're passionate about something, your your voice will turn red. If you love something deeply in a compassionate way, it'll turn green. And so I read people like that, which helps with my shamanic healing as well. Um, But I also see the dead people and have learned shamanically in my training to help them pass on, to help cleanse. And that's why Earthkeeper is part of my title. But really it started basically from birth. I was raised in a very different family. My parents were very open to everything, wanting to help us. My sister is also as gifted as I am. And she has very different abilities, but very powerful. And I think my parents just really needed something to cope with us. And so they started looking into that outside help very young. It's so interesting that you can see color with voices. So do you see it as I'm trying to understand what it's like from your perspective? Do you see it 
like in front of you or just in your mind's eye or, or how does that work for you? So before my training, I saw it, it literally in front of me. So I would see if some somebody dropped something, for instance, where the bull had landed, I would see red energy radiating off of the bull. Um, and before I had any training, it was just everything. So a lot of the time I didn't actually hear things. I was so overwhelmed by what I was seeing from the sound that I would just go into what they viewed as an autistic tantrum. Um, but as my training went on, now I can kind of regulate what I see. If I open my, my third eye completely, I see it all. But if I focus directly on a sound, I can focus on that. So if I'm speaking with someone, I can register even more tones of their voice, which float in front of me as they're talking to be able to really understand them better. It also helps. It makes me a human lie detector as well. <laughs> yeah, that must be really interesting. And also <laughs> probably a bit of a burden too, I would think, because oh, yeah. you don't want to know those things, do we? Yeah, exactly. So now where did you, uh, I know you said you started when you were 10 with the medium to do your training, but from there, what kind of training did you end up doing? So I really just got initial info from her. She really taught me a lot about what it was that I was seeing, what I was really just, I mean, sometimes labels don't help, but labels helped me when I was little of being able to be like, oh, uh, this is a normal thing, sort of. <laughs> this is recognized. Um, from there, I kind of had a break. I mean, you know, teenage years hit you and you want to rebel against all things your parents. And my parents are very deeply spiritual people. So my rebellion was to be not. And so I pulled away and I had some dark times. I had some drug abuse, some deep, deep emotions, some rehab. And then I got through high school. And after high school, I came back into it after I got clean and hit it full force because I needed something to give me grace, to give me hope. And so probably when I was night, I think it was when I was 18 or 19, I jumped back into it and I started with uh, one of Cindy Green's fairs in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I did my first readings there. And at that point, I was doing something a little different. I started during the, the dark years, as I call them, I kind of created my own method to see through the veil and to interpret what I was seeing. And I created this archetype system. And the messages I was getting from my guides, uh, my main guide, Lucy, uh, who's been with me since I was a baby, she taught me about windows to the soul or soul seeds. And she started to introduce me to the concept of, yes, we were all born equal, but we were born under different, like let's call them zodiac signs when our souls were first born. And so basically what I was kind of interpreting through the archetypes was your personality, your base soul personality that needs to be recognized. And I started reading people at the fair, just kind of out of whim, we were actually an art booth and uh, it stuck. And I kept going through it. I got a divorce when I was young and got even more into it and was able to really get big in Cindy Green's fairs. And then I started branching out. And now I kind of do a mix of everything. But after the first initial fairs, I realized I was gifted, I was special, and I could help people. 
So I started doing a lot more research into shamanism. My father was very deeply into shamanism. He introduced me to a lot of stuff. And a book by Amber Wolf really struck me. It was kind of this beautiful guidebook of how to go through the four steps, how to really learn ceremonies and understand it. And when I was reading it, it was just that Kundalini feeling of this is right. This is what I need to be doing. Because I dabbled, you know, in the esoterics and the metaphysicals, and it just wasn't quite my vibration. Mm -hmm. And so when I figured out the shamanism, I realized like most of the tribes that did these beautiful techniques, these traditions also had this kind of archetypal view of people, of social cues, of the endless waters and the fate. And so that's what I was seeing. And so I went through the four steps on my own. I went deep into a deep journey to figure out who I was supposed to work with as a shaman. Uh, Mother Earth, or as I call her, Pachimama, became my guide and started to show me a lot of new information and how I could change and grow up a lot to be able to help people. And she told me that I would be a shadow shaman. And a shadow shaman is someone who looks closer at the suffering of people than most healer shamans or shamanic practitioners do. And so what I was destined to do, I believe, was to help people see through suffering because in my life, I've suffered quite a bit. I'm only 27 years old and I've probably lived the life of a 60 year old, but fast and heavy is what got me to be able to sit down across from the table and someone and be able to really see what's hurting them and be able to recognize it and validate it in not a sympathetic way, but an empathetic way. Yeah. Um, I have always believed that people who go through so much trauma in their lives have to, if they're healers, in order to understand and help other people with their own trauma and, and helping them heal. So i feel like every healer I've ever interviewed has had some sort of life where they've gone through a lot because I think you have to in order to really understand what your purpose is and why you're there to help people. I agree. I think that it builds character in a way. Yeah. Um, it helps us see the human being when somebody else is in trouble, you know, because you've been there and you've needed somebody to look back at you and say, you're okay, I'm with you. And really, a lot of the shamanic practice is just that we're just here to really like help and to be people who don't put themselves above anyone else or below anyone else, but to be just kind of those humans that get that we're all being humans together. Yeah, the session I had with you was amazing because it wasn't like other sessions I've been to where people will just say, oh, your mom's in spirit or this person's here or that person's here. When I sat down, you just looked at me and you said, like, uh, you've had a rough life and you've had a rough time here and with this <laughs> and this is going on. And as you were sitting there talking to me, it's like, okay, you just said everything that has happened to me. I think you even said you've experienced loss, a lot of loss recently. And I had, my mom had just passed away from cancer a year, like almost a year before that and even more loss on top of that. But mm -hmm. everything that you were saying was like, oh my gosh, how does she know all of this? It was um, incredible. And then <laughs> the shadow side that you work with was the great thing because you were telling me, okay, you need to work on 
not doubting yourself, you need to work on. And so you were giving practical solutions for people who are, I mean, we all have shadow sites, we all do, but you were helping me to figure out what I needed to focus on and what I needed to work on. And then letting me know that good things are coming in and, you know, that I was going to have a lot of opportunity coming in. So it was, it was a mix of a lot of things. It was very helpful in my healing journey, but also you had really great news that, you know, Hey, keep going because you've got all of these blessings coming in. And so it was an amazing experience. And I really, after I had this, I had the session with you, I thought, okay, I need to have her on my show and uh, see, <laughs> talk to her some more and see, you know, how you developed these abilities and how you're using them. So what types of sessions do you offer people? I mainly um, offer people just really just therapy sessions like what we had. So like what we had at a fair, it's it's shorter because we're in time restraints. We're sitting across a weird table in a warehouse or a hotel somewhere, which I love doing psychic fairs. They're amazing social experiences for me. But I normally just work from home. I'm just kind of like I call myself a feral housewife. I sit at home and I do reading and I do my studying. I'm like an amateur uh, anthropologist. I love studying cultures and I love studying things. So I sit at home and I do that. But normally I just do sessions about our sessions with people where we just talk because most of the time, like what you said with your reading, people need to see through their shadow because when we get caught up in all of the life, all of the this and that, and I need to do this, we don't recognize where we're feeling the pain, if it's spiritual pain or energetic pain. And normally, I can help people the most by just sitting and talking with them and watching them. So like when I sit and I work on someone, I am holding a normal conversation with them about whatever it is we're talking about. But while I'm doing that, I am pushing my energy, which is a a healer technique, but it's also a shamanic technique where I lower you into a vulnerable state by showing you that I'm just a human too, by communicating. And then I use my shamanic energy, my green energy reaches out to try to reflect your own uh, when a kind of moon-like state, like the way the moon mirrors the sun, the light reflects back. And I start to change myself to be able to be whatever it is that my client needs me to be. And by that, I don't mean like a sympathizer or anything like that, but the person, the mother type figure or the nurturer figure that they need to be able to let go of whatever it is that's holding them down, the the curse or the sickness, as we call it. And most of the time, it's a very simple thing. Like they just needed recognized. They just needed to see that someone else saw that they were suffering too. And that will help clean them as well. But I also, I mean, I offer earth cleaning services. Like I will go to properties. I um, clean darkness out of places. We do cleanses. I also do blessings. I open portals for people if they're having problems with elementals, like little gnomes bothering them. We'll open up a portal, send them through. But I really just offer whatever I can. Um, I do circles. I'm going to start doing circles at my property. 
where people will come and, and live over the weekend in a beautiful teepee that I'm making right now. Um, and we'll just have a whole immersive experience of I'm uncomfortable. I'm out in the woods. I don't have air conditioning. I don't have internet. Somebody took my phone away. And now I have to sit there and be vulnerable with these strangers to be able to grow. And that's really the experience I like doing because people help each other more than we help ourselves. Just being around people in group. I learned this like getting sober, like people who understand you, maybe not the exact same circumstance can help you heal. And even if I can't see something, somebody else in the group will. And so that's mainly what I do. I like working one-on-one the most. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And doing the shadow work isn't easy. And what I find oh. is a lot of people try to start doing it on their own. And you get stuck at a certain point because, as you said, you can't always see your own shadows. You can't always, or understand, maybe you know they're there but you don't know where they come from and you don't know how to really completely heal them. So I love that you do that for people. Yeah, I mean, people, my, me, myself, I can't see a lot of my own shadow. That's what my amazing better half does for me. She sits there and is like, you are anxious. I think that it's coming from your control issues. And I'll be like, no, it's not. <laughs> but the more that somebody else is there to reflect you back who cares about you, it's easier, but it's still like, I mean, what I've learned when I first started out, I wanted to fix everyone. I wanted to give them Reiki. I wanted to give them shamanic healing. I wanted to just let them be healed after my presence. And I mean, yes, my presence, I mean, I'm told a lot, my presence helps, but it's that work after. But what I try to do now in a more mature way is to just give people the confidence to be like, I see that you are struggling with loss, but there's a bright future ahead. There's this, there's that. And kind of reaching into the endless waters for people, reaching into their fate and just letting them know that this too shall pass in a lot of ways. And it coming from someone who can instantly connect with them, I think that's the great power of most psychics, most readers, most shamans. It's just people of service who don't think of themselves as other than. Yeah. And I, I love that you talk about just allowing people to be open and honest and who they are and you're just sort of guiding them because that was one of the things I struggled with when I first started doing Reiki for people. I would have a session with someone and at the beginning I always would, I would conference with the client to find out what was going on with them and connect to their energy and figure out what I needed to do. And what I found out was they would spend 20 minutes talking about everything that was going on with them. And that would leave like 40 minutes for the Reiki. And that always worried me because <laughs> I would say, well, they paid for 60 minutes of Reiki. And I remember my mentor said, no, they paid for healing. And if they talked that 20 minutes, they needed that 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so don't worry about, I have to have so many minutes of this or so many minutes of that. And so I started realizing that in the same way, when I have clients and I work with people, that's a lot of what I do too, is just hold space for them to be able to say what they need to say, get it out. And then I can kind of dive into it and help them figure things out. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I do that because with my clients, I won't take on new clients unless I've 
spoken to them and I know what their problems are. I don't really think that you can heal just by, you know, you lie down on the table and you just receive the Reiki. I mean, yes, Reiki is amazing and it will heal you in some way, but it needs to be let in. It needs to be focused. And the person receiving the Reiki, receiving the healing or whatever has to know what they're focusing on because it's all about that intention there. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like that conversation because if I'm doing a cord cutting or some kind of ceremony, I need to be able to talk with the person and know their ins and outs. I have to know what their triggers are, what the emotional is, if they are receiving bad energy somewhere. And I also need to know, I mean, for my own safety, I mean, this is for all the people who are early practitioners out there. You have to be safe doing this kind of work. You do get attachments. You do get negative pulls. You do get psychic vampires. And sometimes you just run out of your own psychic energy and you have to know when to stop. You have to know when it's time to be a human and recharge. That's something that happens to a lot of us that we don't take proper care of ourselves after we do healing, after we do our service work. And then we wonder why our lives are falling apart or why it's not working for me, you know, like a good, like everyone working with psychic work should have their own cleansing psychic or shaman to be able to cleanse them after as many sessions as possible. Yeah, I agree with you there. Totally. It's people don't understand how draining it is. And you do you, you know, in working with just the general public, you do run into people who don't have good intentions. Mm -hmm. And and you always can feel that as you're working with someone. Yeah. And sometimes you don't. I mean, like they sometimes have good intentions, but they just aren't ready to receive someone. And I don't say like in the way that I'm higher than them, but I'm a little higher vibrational than most people. And my vibrational energy is attractive. It's healing. People want it and I want to give it freely. But you do then get the people who don't realize they can create it themselves start to take from the people who are higher vibrational, the people who have more social power, like let's say. And you just got to watch out for that because it's not their fault in any way. I have empathy for them for needing help. It's just they have to ask, just like any other boundary. That's something that I work with with all my clients. It's the first thing we work with is boundaries and insecurity so that we can actually heal. Like we people get kind of frustrated with me because if they want spiritual healing, they'll come to me. I only work with clients three to six months at a time, nothing less. And the first two months are all just kind of cognitive behavioral therapy. They're all about getting rid of your insecurities, recognizing how to set boundaries because you're never going to get spiritual work done until you can be a good human, until you can hold your own space in this human realm that we call the middle world. And the more that you can do that, the better off you're going to be on your spiritual journey. So we pick up so many energies throughout the day, regular everyday people. You don't have to be a healer to pick up on energies. What is the best way for someone who's out there listening to kind of clear their energy maybe? And I know it's, you do need those longer healing sessions, but if they just wanted to quickly ground themselves and heal their energy, to make sure that they were having a better day, let's say. Yeah, I mean, I fully support people learning how to heal themselves and not needing this healer services. If nobody came to me 
ever for healing, I would love it because that means they were helping, finally helping themselves. But the first thing is people have to start to realize when something isn't a part of them. If you have a bad day, but there's no rational or even emotional reason to have one, we have to realize maybe I pick something up. And that's the first step is realizing that it's not your fault first. People blame themselves for all kinds of things that we shouldn't blame themselves for. And the first step is that. The second step, an easy healing process is to meditate daily. Meditating pre pre-ordains you to bad energies because it sets your your nervous system in check it keeps your nervous system flowing with your proper energies so if you don't have a meditation practice and you are feeling a lot of the drain start just a five minute every morning listen to some binaural beats listen to a guided meditation and then the easiest practice that i trust giving out there without anybody summoning things that they shouldn't um is sage sage or cedar or palo santo if you feel bogged down by something use one of those holy herbs and douse yourself always move in a clockwise motion around yourself and if you feel like your home has been invaded by something work from the back of your home forward open every window before you begin open every door and start kind of you corral anything out of your house and out the front door and then you shut all of those thresholds and it's very simple but a lot of people will find themselves getting distracted halfway through Mm -hmm. Uh, they'll find themselves oh did I go the right way did I move that like clockwise or did I accidentally go counterclockwise don't worry about any of that stuff great spirit hears what you're doing and will help you with it but the big thing is that a lot of people mistake is they move from the front of their house back and we're trying to move it out of the original threshold that came through which is that front door or the door you most use whatever the door is but that's the easiest way. And then also that meditative process, the biggest thing I advocate for is for people to find where they are wrong in their body, because that will help you a lot more. If you have back pain, if you're feeling like that's not right, that doesn't feel like a part of me, then sit there for a minute and like think about what it feels like in your body, because sometimes it is part of you. It's just an old trauma. It's just an old memory that's stored somewhere. And those things can't be just flushed out with sage. They have to be addressed and they have to be talked to. Miguel Ruiz in the Four Agreements really put it well. Uh, It is that smoky mirror. It's that domestication of ourselves that keeps us from seeing our, our divine selves. We should be these glowing beings with no spots of darkness. But those spots of darkness start getting attached to us when we have those kind of parasite mind emotions where the parasite in our mind goes you're not worthy you're not worthy of love you're not worthy of good things because you aren't good you aren't perfect you aren't the best thing you could be and those are usually the attachments that we get there are self-attachments of worry of anxiety of fear and I call it fear brain or fear state because when we're in our fear state we can create things we are god beings we are light beings and that needs to be accounted for that maybe you just have a little spot of darkness yeah yeah I love that and I think that's so true 
And, but thank you for giving us those tips for if someone, you know, just wants to do a quick clearing. And you may be hearing barking in the background. We're both working from home. And so <laughs> I appreciate you guys being patient with us. It's hard to work from home and have animals. And sometimes I find like the more spiritual you are, and higher vibration you are, sometimes the animals kind of react to that in the background too. So I think that's always really interesting whenever we get that. But yeah, this one's on me. This one's my fault. (laughs) (laughs) My listeners know we have Nate and Nala here with me at my house and they always love to chime in sometimes on the um, interviews. So (laughs) I just want to uh, take a moment to say thank you to my audience for um, being gracious with us about that because uh, sometimes it's hard to keep that out of the podcast but i want to thank you so much for being here today because this conversation was so fascinating and again the work that you do is just amazing i loved the session that i had with you if we have people out there listening who would like to maybe reach out to you maybe have a session with you what's the best way for them to do that so my easiest way is to get on my website Uh, My website is taythelionqueen.weebly.com because I'm too cheap to pay for the domain. (laughs) And you can get on there. All of my contact information is on there. Um, All you have to click on is that about me or the contact me. And there's my phone number, my email. Uh, Just contact me directly. That's how I run everything. And I also have Facebook, Instagram, Tay the Lion Queen. You can message me on there. Uh, but really just reach out to me. I do all the services. I do the counseling, which is my six-month programs. I will be doing workshops in the fall next year at my own property, foraging, wild crafting, as well as spiritual growth. And I also do land cleansings and house cleansings. And if you have one of those, contact me immediately and do it by my phone number so that I can really get a hold of you guys and help you out there. Awesome. And we're going to have all of that information in the show notes too. So people can go there and click directly on it. Well, I want to thank you again so much for being here with us today and for all of the amazing light work that you do out there. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And as always, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit. Uh, You can join us on Patreon where you can see this interview uh, as we will have the video there. And you can also join us for live card readings and master classes each month. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.